Army veteran Brad Harrison is an entrepreneur and seasoned business development executive with a passion for building companies and pushing the envelope of technological innovation. He has successfully helped incubate several companies out of the Scout office, including Scout's most successful investment to date, Unite Us, and Portfolio Watch, and Assurely. Brad also has a deep experience developing concepts, including co-authoring three patents in search, geotagging, and personalization. Brad Harrison with Scout Ventures is up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Have you tried Navy Federal's car buying experience? I highly recommend it. You won't have a better car buying experience. Check them out at NavyFederal.org slash carbine. All right, we're talking with Army veteran Brad Harrison with Scout Ventures. Brad, you've done some amazing things in uh, product development and building companies and patents, and it's uh, a lot of really cool stuff. Looking forward to that. Before we get into all of that, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Army. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I I grew up with, uh, you know, my grandfather, who was a Navy vet, you know, watching uh, John Wayne Toro, Toro, Toro every Sunday. So, you know, when I when I started to think about college, I I was from New York. So I'd been up to West Point as a kid and kind of saw the cadets and kind of fell in love with it. And so wound up going to West Point, which was great because you know, it was, uh, the structure that I needed, the education that I needed. And, you know, I happened to be strong physically and militarily. So it, you know, allowed me to kind of thrive there. Um, and you know, while you're at, while you're a cadet, you get to bang out things like airborne school and, you know, Mm -hmm. some deployments. So that was pretty fun. And then I, uh, commissioned as an infantry officer, went to ranger school, uh, for any of the uh, rangers out there listening, I was in class 395, which was the last four-phase ranger school. Mm-hmm. But it was also the class where four of my classmates died in the swamps. So my, mm-hmm. you know, my my army career started off with this really stark reminder of how dangerous it was mm-hmm. what we were yeah. doing. You know, I think. You sometimes forget about that when I was a when I was a, a yearling at West Point. You know, we were on a training mission, and two of the Bradleys crashed at night, right? And a whole bunch of people got injured. Yeah. So I think sometimes people forget. I know, you know, you were a helicopter pilot, right? Like, oh, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know. Um, I mean, I know three guys that died in in flight school. Um, yeah, I was going so. Through. So I think that really changed um, the seriousness, which I looked at every one of my deployments in terms of my priority was really bringing all of my soldiers home. Mm -hmm. And I think that that experience in ranger school really hammered that in. What an awful experience. And, you know, and then I wound up getting out in 99. So I missed the last 20 years um, and transitioned through grad school at MIT Sloan, which kind of set me down the path I'm on now. 
Yeah. And so what, what was your transition like coming out of the army? Was were you prepared for that? Was it smooth sailing? Well, I would imagine that for any transitioning vet that's listening, uh, the two pages of a thousand URLs that they handed me when I walked out the door really did not provide any resources. <laughs> um, you know, the SBA and their, you know, uh, Patriot Express loans, you know, I, I've never been able to access any of that stuff. Um, the one benefit I was able to access that was really amazing was I, um, because I came out and I was 30% disabled when I originally transitioned, I qualified for vocational rehab, Mm -hmm. which helped cover the cost of graduate school. Um, so that became the path that I went down because, you know, there was some funding from the VA and I really thought that it would allow me to transition into a role that valued my experience. I found when I was trying to transition directly out of the army into these roles, nobody actually knew how to translate my experience into what I was applying for. And one of the things when we mentor, you know, veterans at scout is we really spend a lot of time talking to them about developing their own narrative you know, Mm -hmm. telling their own story, thinking about how to craft that story into the sales or biz dev role or whatever they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then I would say for all transitioning veterans, don't get discouraged. Just keep banging away and, you know, keep trying to work the veteran network because I think that's a pretty strong network for us. Absolutely. Great advice. Now, when when you first were transitioning out and you, you were starting to go to school, where did this entrepreneurship thing come from? Was that what, what your intent was when you got out of the army? Yeah. You know, so, so I grew up, my dad was an entrepreneur and from as long as I can remember, anytime I asked for something, he was like, all right, if you want something, you better get to work. So by the time I was 16, I had a painting company, a landscaping company, and I was running the local little league. <laughs> um, yeah, hey man, $140 on a Saturday to ump a couple of, you know, third, <laughs> fourth and fifth graders. I'm in. Nice. Um, but you know, I think it was kind of in my DNA. Um, and I, when I got to West point or when I got to MIT, I had, uh, met somebody that I had known from my past. So actually a guy named Steve Papa, who I met when he was a freshman at Princeton and he was roommates with my best friend, Greg Parsons. And when I re-met Steve in 99, he was starting a company called Indeca Technologies. Mm -hmm. And Steve was willing to bring me in as like a utility back. Right. So, you know, I did everything from like carry computers from the first department to the first office mm-hmm. to, you know, sit in an investment meeting with John Hummer on Thanksgiving morning to, you know, pitching and helping on biz dev and, you know, helping team building. Um, and I think Steve was such an amazing CEO. He's still a great friend. Um, and an entrepreneur we still work with. And I think being able to be in an environment that had a great leader encouraging everybody to develop 
I think is really where I got super hooked. Yeah, no kidding. What an opportunity. I mean, this come up on the show in the past. Like if you really want to get into entrepreneurship or run your own business, but if you don't have that vehicle to the fight or that idea going to work for a startup, especially a good one with has a good leader is a phenomenal experience to get immersion in how things work and how things are done and just get exposed to all that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, um, one of the things we tell transitioning vets is, you know, maybe don't look for like a startup that just raised a seed round, maybe look for a startup that's raised a big A or a B mm-hmm. and then try to get a role where you're going to develop a core skill set, biz dev, sales, you know, if you're a tech person, wherever you want to go in the tech stack, but really just getting those reps in is, is what counts the most. Absolutely. Well, um, Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Clothing used to be made with heart, not just machinery. Manufacturing in America has taken a huge hit over many decades. It's time to bring American manufacturing back home. Supporting local manufacturers who support the local communities is up to us. What makes American made better? Well, there's a lot of reasons and not all of them are easy to see on a balance sheet. Like the impact of companies supporting local communities Instead of the other way around, 10 years later, the classic full zip hoodie from American Giant still shows the impact of Made in America, not only in the fabric on your back, but in the fabric of our communities. I haven't worn a full zip hoodie since I was a kid. The American Giant full zip hoodie brings back great memories and is incredibly comfortable, durable, and functional. American Giant creates American-made basics designed to endure, they reinvest profits locally, right back into the people and supply chains that power them. American-made means lasting quality, less waste, and stronger communities. More than making great clothes, they're rebuilding the craftsmanship and community that make Made in America quality possible. Unlike how most clothes are made today, as quickly, cheaply, and profitably as possible, the classic full zip from American Giant is made to wear, not wear out. With functional designs like hard-wearing pre-shunt cotton, Reinforced elbows, structured side panels, and custom hardware. It's quality you can feel immediately. Trust me. You'll wonder why all clothes aren't made this way. No wonder it's been called the greatest hoodie ever made for 10 years and counting. See more of the story and shop the classic full zip at American-Giant.com. And you can get 20% off when you use the code on the move at checkout. That's American-Giant.com. Promo code on the move. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. We've bought a lot of cars over the years, and I can tell you, Navy Federal's car buying experience is the best experience I've had. They've created a fully loaded car buying experience. You can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They have pre-approval. It's good for 90 days, so you know what you can afford while you shop. They offer great auto loan rates. You can shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. You can also get exclusive member savings with Carfax, SiriusXM, and more. They're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash carbine. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. 
We're back talking with Army veteran Brad Harrison from Scout Ventures. So, Brad, you actually ended up going to grad school actually at, at MIT, uh, MIT School of Management. So coming out of grad school is really when you got, you, you were able to jump in fully. So talk to us about coming out of grad school and what getting into venture capital was. Well, you know, I, I couldn't have timed it any worse. So, you know, 2000, everybody thought they were going to be dot-com millionaires. In 2001, nobody was hiring anybody, right? So I, I actually um, tried to start a fund before school ended. And when the market blew up, the opportunity to, to build the fund blew up. So I actually kind of banged around Boston consulting for a couple of startups and, you know, still hanging out within DECA and some other stuff. Um, and ultimately I decided to go to America online, um, in DC and I commuted to Dulles from DC and I worked for a guy named Ted Leonsis, who was the vice chairman. Mm -hmm. And I really, you know, I wrote a couple of patents. I did a bunch of biz dev deals. I was, you know, because of Ted, I get to be in the C-suite and listen to big strategic conversations. And that gave me the framework for how really, really big companies operate, right? Mm -hmm. Then from AOL, I went to a startup and grew that to about $100 million in revenue. And then I left that and um, ultimately started investing off of my own balance sheet. And that I turned into what is now Scout Ventures. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk to us a little bit about what, it, from the startup or whether you're talking about product development or uh, vetting a new business idea. Um, and you've been doing a lot of work with veterans here recently and incubators. Um, what are, what are some of the, what are some of the pitfalls you see uh, the veterans coming out of the military, bright eyed and bushy tailed? Like what are some of the things, what are their blind spots that the things you typically see? Uh, well, you know, one is just switching cultures, <laughs> right? Like yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you're in a culture where, you know, your boss might not have self accountability, you know, <laughs> you know, your boss yeah. might not be that good. They might not give you clear guidance. They not, might not set KPIs. They might not spend the time um, professionally developing you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that at Scout, my partner, Sam and I were spending a lot of time actually yesterday talking about our professional development. Like how are we putting together the right performance goals and reporting to develop our team. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the really important thing is that you have to build processes around these things. And a lot of startups, they don't have those processes. And so I think that can be very challenging. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, you know, learning the new job, right? Like, you know, the military, everything has such a set way to do it. Right. And you could go into five sales organizations and every sales leader manages their pipeline different. Oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, how, how you receive your training and how you get indoctrinated in the startup is really, really important. And then lastly, um, 
you know, I think it can be intimidating. You know, a veteran joins a startup and is, you know, surrounded by a bunch of people that worked at Uber or Google or, you know, some of the tech giants. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you you just spent, you know, three tours in Iraq with, you know, the 82nd and the 101st. (laughs) And there's, you know, there's, there's not that much commonality there. Um, And I feel like a lot of times the veterans skew a little bit older than their civilian counterparts because we've just started later. Right. And so then you, you, then you get the dynamic. I remember I interviewed for a job when I was transitioning out and they, um, they told me that I was qualified for this other job, but the only spot was like a first year analyst. And I was going to have to report to this 23 year old that I had met. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. (laughs) This is not, this is just not going to work. So I would say for the veterans out there, if you are looking for a role, these are the types of questions that you got to ask. Hey, how do you think about professional development? You know, what Mm -hmm. are the KPIs that I'm going to be measured against? You know, how do you, you know, what's the path to promotion? Because I think, you know, we're now, Scout's now a little bit more mature. You know, I, I, as an entrepreneur, was just figuring it out for years, right? Mm -hmm. We're all running, you know, it's like if you're, you know, if you're trying to build something, you know, but you don't have enough people to like lift the piece of wood up, you know, for the beam, you're kind of in trouble. Right. Um, and you know, listen, I think the great thing about veterans is, you know, you give them some five fifty cord and a hundred mile per hour tape and they can jerry rig a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I, I think you gotta go into these experiences with the willingness to, you know, probably operate with little guidance and two, you got to be willing to like really do the work to train yourself and learn. And, um, and a lot of times that can come through finding mentors at the companies that you're joining. Yeah. Can you talk about mentorship a little bit? Um, yeah, I know a lot of folks, they would, you know, easily give their success, uh, credit to their success through a, a, either a mentor or a series of mentors that they had and, uh, you know, how lucky and how valuable it was to find somebody in the industry they were going into that mentored them and brought them into it. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I have been very, very blessed with a very diverse and very amazing group of mentors. And I think, you know, one of my mentors is this guy, Dick Parsons, uh, you know, was CEO of AOL Time Warner, was chairman of Citigroup. I've known Dick forever. Took me to my first West Point football game when I was a kid, you know. So I would say has been very influential in the direction of my life. And Dick you know, who has this reputation as being this amazing mentor. And he is, you know, one of the things that really changed my perspective is he said, I don't really want you to think about where you're trying to be next year. I want you to think about where you want to be in five years and what are the steps you need to do to get there. So if you want to start a company in five years, what might be the steps? Well, you know, go get a job in a startup, see how Mm -hmm. they grow, 
get a job at a, you know, a high growth company where you can make enough money and have a cushion. But this idea of having, you know, a more measured longer term view really helped me, um, really helped me frame how I wanted to spend my time. And then another mentor of mine, um, told me not to focus on money, that money should not be in the equation that you should think about, you know, what you want to build and how you want to make a difference and where you can have the most impact. Mm -hmm. Take all of that and match it with whatever you love and your passion. Mm -hmm. And that's what you should go do. And then the money will follow. And it's really interesting because I would say in my career, I probably didn't have a breakthrough until I kind of like let it go. And I wasn't so worried. Right. And I think we come out as veterans and it's like, you know, if you come out and you go to an interview at an investment bank and the guy sitting across from you made $3 million last year, like, like that's mind blowing, right? It's like hard. It's like hard to connect with that. And so I, I think it's really important to have a clean long-term perspective. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. How long you, you went to grad school, but how long do you think it took? Like a lot of, a lot of folks say two years seems to be a pretty, you, you spent two years in grad school, but a lot of folks say yeah, it probably takes at least two years to transition out of the military. Is that pretty fair from your experience? Or maybe it was two years after grad school because maybe the school part counts or doesn't count completely. Yeah, no, I, I think it takes, you know, two to four years, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, the first six months you're in a daze and you're just happy. You're not saluting people. And then, <laughs> You know, you know, and then, you know, you run out of your, you know, your last couple of PCS days or whatever, and then you got to go start looking for something. And then I think a lot of veterans, you know, I think there's this cycle. You get super excited that you're getting out. Yep. And then you have this, like this split, right. For, you know, a bunch of people, you then might have a really hard time finding a job. Right. And then it becomes super discouraging. And some people, you know, they find great jobs, you know? So I, I think you just gotta have an open mind. Um, I think the other thing that's really important is trying to find and integrate into a local community. So if you really want to be an entrepreneur, there is a meetup, there is some sort of veteran group. There might be a bunker lab event. There might be a USAA business competition. Mm-hmm. There are enough things that if you really want to find it, you can find the community and engage. Absolutely. Great advice. There, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, I even have like a, I haven't updated it for a while, but I even have like a, a list of 38 great, veteran entrepreneurship type programs for veterans and military spouses that anybody can look into. I mean, a lot of colleges, universities have good programs, but there's also incubators and, you know, there's the 1 million cups and you mentioned the USA stuff. There's, there's, you just got to go look for it. It's not going to come find you. 
you have to make that concerted effort to go find, go find the first meetup. And then from there you can branch out to the other ones. Cause the people at the first meetup are going to know about the other ones too. And then yeah, just stay and, engaged. And, and, and there are, you know, there is definitely a trend right now where there are more veteran groups coming online. There's more dual use funding. There's mm-hmm. more, you know, I think national defense is at the top of everybody's mind. And, you know, for any of the veterans out there that, you know, may or may not have been in Ukraine, you know, we saw in a very, very short amount of time how important deploying technology was to the survivability of Ukraine, right? And, (laughs) you know, Ukraine has changed the face of that war with drones. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right. And most of those drones were privately funded. And a lot of that stuff was approved and came through the U.S. Right. And so, you know, I think it's it's really important to understand that, you know, we are in a very dynamic landscape globally. Uh, the, The global political instability, I think, really creates opportunities for veterans and companies, because I think people feel safer when we're around. I think they feel like, you know, we, we've earned something by, by serving. And I think, you know, as many of us should be in positions of leadership as possible. So talk about either some success stories, you share some success stories with us or something you're currently working on or, or a previous product or a previous company that, um, you know, near and dear to your heart. One of those. You know, yeah. Well, good- I, 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 I got two companies, both, both started by veterans. One company was incubated out of my office in New York and it's called unite us, mm-hmm. um, founded by an air force pilot and a, uh, former West point, uh, rugby player, uh, football player, Taylor justice. And uh, Dan and Taylor originally uh, built Unite Us to help transitioning veterans get access to services. So employment, um, marital, mental health, you know, food support, whatever it was. And we built this system and it turned out that that's the exact same thing that health systems and the Department of Health and Human Services need to give services to everyone, homeless people, sick people. And so that yeah. company has absolutely exploded, you know, a thousand employees, really a huge business. And what I am most proud of is it is making people's lives better. We are awesome. really like tangibly changing how long it takes somebody to see a doctor, to get mental help, to get food support, to get employment training. And all of those things um, are things that originally came out of us trying to help transitioning veterans. So we're really, really proud of uh, Dan and Taylor at Unite Us. And then the other one, which hopefully some of the vets on the, on the show have uh, used before, the other one is ID.me. which is uh, an identity verification platform created by Blake Hall, who uh, was an airborne ranger, was with a a search and destroy uh, unit in uh, 
I think Iraq and actually I think Petraeus said that like Blake's platoon reduced 90% of the enemy activity in his operating area. So <laughs> the dude is pretty much a, uh, a badass. but you know, he built this amazing platform that the VA is using for identity verification, the IRS, yeah. the treasury. Um, and that again was originally started as a platform to give veterans special access to discounts Mm -hmm. and now it's morphed into the default um identity verification platform for the va so really proud of of those veteran entrepreneurs you know they have billion dollar companies they started by trying to help vets and wound up solving um, much more material problems in the ecosystem absolutely yeah i met blake hall through uh usaa digital influencers several years ago and uh, actually had him on the show probably, probably been five or six years since we did the interview about ID.me. And, um, even, even now once in a while I'll be interviewing somebody and they're, they're got some service for veterans and they're having a hard time figuring out how to verify people that they are, are really who they say they are. I'm like, Oh, you just got to go to ID me. They'll do it. They'll, they'll verify, yeah. you know, they, they have access to the, you know, the DMDC and Deers database and all that. And they, they can verify people that they, you know, if they're saying they're a veteran, they can verify them. So, um, yeah, he's still doing, doing phenomenal things with ID me. He's crushing it. Yeah. We, 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 we couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, so Brad, we're getting close to the end of our time. Uh, do you want to give you the last word? So how do we find out more about scout ventures first? If somebody's interested in, uh, uh, working with you or, make it a pitch or whatever it may be helping support. You know, we're, we're at scout.vc. That's our URL. And, uh, most to get to most people on the team, it's our first name at scout.vc. So, you know, uh, we, we try to get back to everybody. If we don't get back to you, we probably missed it or the spam blocker got it. But, you know, we, you know, at scout, we spend a lot of time, focused on making the world a better, safer place by investing in what we call hard to access founders, which includes founders of the military, the intelligence community and national labs that are developing frontier technology, AI, machine learning, autonomy, robotics, drones, quantum space. Um, so, you know, if anybody's doing anything in any of those areas, we're interested. Well, wow, Cool stuff. Awesome. And do you want to give you the last word if you're talking to, one of those uh, entrepreneur wannabes that's getting out of the military just recently got out. They're wanting to get into entrepreneurship, get into startups, running their own show. What kind of advice comes to mind? Well, the first thing is there is a lot of content out there from veteran entrepreneurs, right? There's podcasts, there's guidelines. Like the first thing is get out there and start figuring out the resources that are out there right? Bunker Labs, PenFed, USAA, right? Like all of these organizations, they're designed and they're there to help and support veterans. And then, you know, there's Hacking for Defense, which is Steve Blank's course out of Stanford that's now spread to a bunch of places. Um, We help launch something called the Academy Investor Network, 
even though it has Academy in the name, it'll look at all veteran entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, feel free to email Emily and Sherman at academyinvestor.com. Um, but I think really the best thing to do is get out there and start connecting with people. Absolutely. And sometimes it may seem difficult to do because you're starting with nothing, but all it takes is that first step of going to a 1 million cups meeting, uh, on a Wednesday morning or Google some stuff or there's all sorts of meetups and things going on, no matter where you're living at. And just, you just got to get into that first one and then branch out from there and and just keep it going. You got to make that deliberate networking effort. You know, and, and one of the things is it's just like PT. You got to commit a a period of time to it every single day and you got to bang it out. Right. You want to write, you want to write a blog. You want to make a podcast. What do you got to do? Right, Joe, you got to like make the time. You got to be consistent. And I think, you know, I think my biggest advice is don't get discouraged, find veterans to talk to and keep having the persistence to keep banging away until you find the right fit. Absolutely. All right, Brad. Well, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. You've done some amazing things. It's awesome. Uh, looking forward to seeing your future success. And, uh, you know, by all means, uh, we'll check back in a year or so and see what you got going on. All right, Joe. Thanks so much for your time. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>